Hello ladies and welcome to the Amazing Bible Book Club. I am Julie Callio, your host, and thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedules to tune in with me today. If by chance you want to contact me, you can do that at bab.bc.pc at gmail.com. Today we are looking at 2 Timothy. This is Paul's last letter written that we have a copy of. Many of Paul's letters were put in order in our Christian Bible from the longest to the shortest, which is why Titus is last in the grouping of the Pauline epistles, also known as letters. These three, 1st and 2nd Timothy and Titus, are called pastoral epistles because both Timothy and Titus were Paul's disciples. Paul even referred to Timothy as his son in the faith. Paul the Apostle had faithfully served the Lord ever since he became a Christian on the road to Damascus, told in Acts chapter 9. We talked about how Acts is the only history book of the New Testament, and so we must try our best to piece together Paul's life from Acts and then from information found in all of his letters. A tentative timeline of his life goes something like this. He was converted from Judaism to Christianity around 32 to 33 AD. Paul grew in his faith and ministry, and then around A.D. 45 through 48, Paul and Barnabas went on their first missionary journey. It was here that Paul went to Timothy's hometown of Lystra, and probably this was when his mother and grandmother believed in Christ. In Acts 15, we read of the Jerusalem Council, which discussed if someone needed to be a Jew first in order to become a Christian, and the answer was no. That happened around A.D. 48-50. to 50. Then Paul and Silas went on what we call Paul's second missionary journey, Acts chapter 15-18, through 18, which was around A.D. 50-54. to 54. And this was when Timothy joined the ministry. And Paul had Timothy circumcised since their ministry was also to the Jews, and Paul did not want his uncircumcision to stand in the way of ministry. This was not for salvation. That's found in Acts chapter 16, verse 3. It was this journey that took Paul to Macedonia and then to Athens and Corinth. After going home to Antioch to rest, he then went on his third missionary journey, around A.D. 54 to 58, covering the same area to strengthen the churches that they had started. Sometimes Paul would send Timothy and Silas and other men to minister in various places, and they would always try and meet up again. At the end of Paul's third missionary journey, around A.D. 57 to 58, he went to Jerusalem to bring an offering collected from the Gentile churches, but while in Jerusalem, Paul was arrested and ended up imprisoned at Caesarea for two years. But since he appealed to Caesar, he ended up in house arrest in Rome around A.D. 61 to 63, which is where he stayed for two years. And this is where the book of Acts ends. Common belief is that Paul was acquitted in A.D. 63, and he returned to Greece and Asia Minor, which is modern-day Turkey. It was during this time that Paul probably wrote 1 Timothy and Titus. 
Rome was burned in AD 64 and Caesar blamed the Christians, which brought severe persecution to believers in Christ. In AD 66-67, Paul was then arrested by the Romans this time and taken back to Rome. And this time he was not in house arrest, but in the Roman dungeon. It was here that Paul wrote 2 Timothy, and history says Paul was executed by the Romans during this time frame. These are Paul's last words to his son in the faith. Chapter 1, verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by God's will, for the promise of life in Christ Jesus. As Paul nears his death, he is looking forward to the promise of life that only comes in Christ Jesus. Verse 2, to Timothy, my dearly loved child, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I find it interesting that in Paul's later letters, we see the word mercy used in his greetings. In verses 3 through 5, Paul is thankful for Timothy. He prays for him night and day, and he remembers Timothy's tears. I shared in First Timothy lesson that Paul had hoped to see Timothy again in Ephesus, and we don't know if he ever made it there, but we can safely deduce that Paul saw Timothy at least one more time before he wrote this letter because Paul remembers Timothy's tears, probably when they parted ways. It is in this section that we learn that Timothy's grandma was named Lois and mother was Eunice, both were Jews, but their names are Greek, not Hebrew origin. In verses 6 through 10, Paul sends encouraging words to keep ablaze the gift of God that is in Timothy. Verse 7 is a very popular verse. For God has not given us a spirit of fearfulness, but one of power, love, and of sound judgment. And it can also be translated self-control. Paul then told Timothy to not be ashamed of Paul, who was the prisoner of Christ. Instead, Paul said Timothy would share in suffering for the gospel. In the New Testament book of Hebrews, chapter 13, verse 23, it reads, Take notice that our brother Timothy has been released, with whom, if he comes soon, I will see you. Paul talked about the gospel or the good news that Jesus abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. In verses 11 and 12, Paul declared that it was for the gospel that he was appointed as a herald, someone who makes a public announcement, an apostle, one whom is sent, and the teacher, and this is why he is suffering. It is not for immoral behavior. Then Paul said, but I'm not ashamed because I know whom I have believed and am persuaded that he is able to guard what has entrusted to me until that day. Did you notice that Paul said, I know whom I have believed, not what I have believed? Christianity is a relationship with Jesus Christ. In verses 13 and 14, Paul encouraged Timothy to hold on to sound teaching and guard himself to the good that was entrusted to him. Paul then mentioned some other people at the end of chapter 1, Figilus and Hermogenes, whom are not listed anywhere else in the Bible. They turned away from Paul and the truth. 
Onesephorus was faithful and he even went and sought out Paul when he came to Rome. And it seems from verse 18 that he may have been from Ephesus, which was where Timothy was probably the pastor. In chapter 2, verses 1 through 7, Paul encouraged Timothy to be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and to teach other men in the truth. Then Paul gave three examples of faithfulness, the suffering of a good soldier, an athlete who runs honorably, and a hardworking farmer. Verses 8 and 9, Paul said to remember and keep on remembering that Jesus Christ, a descendant of David, rose from the dead. And this is why Paul is bound like a criminal. But God's message is not bound. Paul said, this is why I do what I do, so that the election may obtain salvation. In other words, those that will become Christians may hear the good news. In verse 14, Paul reminds Timothy, and the men he has chosen tonight fight about words. Then verse 15 is the Awana theme verse. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. A. Approved. W. Workman. A. R. as an A. R. E. N. Not. A. Ashamed. Approved workmen are not ashamed. Awana. Again, Paul warns about words and said to avoid irreverent and empty speech. Then he gave names of two men who caused harm with their words. Hymenaeus was mentioned in 1 Timothy chapter 1 verse 20 and Philetus is not mentioned anywhere else in scripture. They proclaimed that the resurrection had already taken place. Then after talking about them, in verse 19, Paul said, Nevertheless, the firm foundation of God stands, having this seal. The Lord knows those who are his, and everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Paul encouraged Timothy to purify himself so that he is set apart and prepared for good work. He and all believers are to flee youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace from a pure heart. Again, Paul deals with words, this time with disputes and quarrels. Verses 24 and 25, the Lord's servant must not quarrel, but must be gentle to everyone, able to teach and patient, instructing his opponents with gentleness. Perhaps God will grant them repentance to know the truth. Ladies, I don't know about you, but I really struggle with that one. Chapter 3 begins with a description of the last times. I thought the world sounded like this in the 1990s when I was raising my kids, but now that we are in 2023, it sounds like it even more. I won't take time to read them, but I hope you take time to read these characteristics. And then Paul told Timothy, avoid these people. These people prey on widows and the vulnerable. Timothy, however, is to follow Paul's teaching, his conduct, purpose, faith, patience, love, and endurance, along with the persecutions and sufferings that Paul experienced. Verse 12, in fact, all those who want to live a godly life in Christ Jesus will be persecuted. 
Ladies, remember that Jesus also was persecuted. And when it happens to us, we are sharing in the sufferings of Christ and of Paul. Timothy was then to be grounded in scripture. Verses 16 and 17 say, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, training in righteousness, so that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. My Old Testament professor loved this verse because what scripture is Paul talking of? The Old Testament. The New Testament is in the process of being written. And Dr. Bett said, all means all. So all of the Old Testament scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching us, rebuking us, training us in righteousness so that we can be complete, equipped for every good work. This verse shows us the inspiration of the Bible. It is different than any other book. Dr. Betts also said, If we use scripture correctly, it helps with right thinking and then right doing. As Paul wraps up his letter to Timothy, he gives him a charge in chapter 4, which reminded him that God is going to judge the living and the dead, and Christ is appearing, parousia, and the kingdom is coming. Therefore, preach the word. Be ready in and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Paul continued by saying that there will be a time when people don't want to hear the truth, but that should not characterize Timothy. He is to be sober, endure hardships, do the work of an evangelist, and fulfill his ministry. Verses 6 through 8, Paul talks about himself. For I am already being poured out as a drink offering, a sacrifice to the Lord. And the time for my departure is close. I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In the future, there is reserved for me the crown of righteousness, which is a Stephanos, a victor's crown, not a diadem or a king's crown which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give me on that day. And not only to me, but to all who have loved his appearing. Verse 9 to the end, Paul lists various peoples in his closing. He asked Timothy to come to him quickly and bring his cloak, which is probably a heavy traveling coat with hood and long sleeves, as well as the scrolls, which are made of papyrus, and especially the parchments made of vellum or sheepskin or goatskin. Demas, who is also mentioned in Colossians chapter 4, verse 14, deserted Paul. Only Luke, the beloved physician, is with him. He asked for John Mark to come because he's helpful to Paul. This was the guy that Paul refused to allow to join on the second missionary journey because he had bailed on the first one. Tychicus was sent to Ephesus, and he may have been the one who to bring this letter to Timothy. Alexander the metalworker did great harm to Paul. The Lord will repay him according to his works. Paul did not get vengeance. Then Paul warned Timothy to watch out for him. Verse 16 is probably referring to Paul's first hearing in court, and everyone deserted him. But the Lord was faithful and empowered Paul to proclaim the gospel. We don't know if the statement that Paul was rescued from the lion's mouth is metaphorical or actual. 
Verse 18, the Lord will rescue me from every evil work and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. Paul is still praising the Lord. Paul sends greetings to Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesephorus. Erastus and Trophimus were mentioned. Then Paul ends, make every effort to come before winter. Eubulus greets you as do Pudens, Linus, Claudia, and all the brothers. The Lord be with your spirit, singular Timothy spirit. Grace be with you, plural, probably the church. Paul's typical ending of his letters. So ladies, let me ask you, do you know whom you have believed? Do you have a personal relationship with the risen Lord Jesus or is it just a religion to you? Another question, Spurgeon once said, have I yet begun to fulfill that for which I was placed on this earth? As Paul would say, have you fulfilled or in the process of fulfilling your ministry? Do you even know what your ministry is? If you are a believer in Jesus, then you have one, and it begins with your sphere of influence, your family, friends, co-workers, church, etc. And my last question, do you love his appearing? Do you love being in the presence of God, or do you run from him? Today, if you heard his voice, please don't harden your heart. Instead, let's be women who pray and obey until he comes again or until we go and meet him as we depart from this world. Until next time, ladies, and thank you so much for listening.